Welcome to the Motherhood Village Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Gonzalez-Cumberbatch, and I know firsthand that it takes a village to raise a child, but most importantly, that it takes a village to uplift a mother. A mother's village is necessary and can take up many forms. Consider this podcast as part of your motherhood village. No matter the season of motherhood you're in, every conversation will give you more tools to add to your parenting toolbox, and you'll feel supported, inspired, and uplifted. So let's get into an informative and empowering conversation. Hello, and welcome to the Motherhood Village podcast. I am on with a very special guest. I have Jessica Hausneck, who is the founder of the Find My Zen Fam movement, as well as a yoga instructor and mother of three, right? Yes. Yes. Three girls. Jessica's mission is to standardize parenting training for all parents. We receive training for every other job except the hardest job parenting. Ain't that the truth? Through her parenting struggles and years of trying to find the solutions, she realized that the information we need is not easy accessible or easily accessible, and the information that is accessible causes more harm than good. The Find My Zen Fam movement is to stop the pandemic of anxiety, low self-esteem, and depression, which often originates in the parent-child dynamic, even in normal average homes. Thanks to new research and child development, the instruction manual on raising mentally healthy, successful kids is finally here. Join the movement, find Zen for your family and for the generations to come. Jessica, I'm so excited to talk with you. How are you today? Hi, thank you so much. I am doing great, excited to be here, and I'm so grateful for your work and your platform. Thank you. It allows me to connect with women like you, so I'm thankful for it as well. Okay, before we dive in, I always ask my guests, what is your favorite book or one that you would like to recommend? And it could be nonfiction, fiction, but I always, or I'm not always, I'm starting to ask, what is a good resource that you'd like to share with the moms? Oh, definitely. I am a reader, a researcher, a studier. It's one of the pillars of conscious or connection or empowered parenting. I refer to it as three different things, but that is it's our job as parents to stay current with the research. And I would say two, can I do two? Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Hard to narrow it down. Two of the most profound books in my training. The first one is called Unconditional Parenting. Mm. It's by Alfie Cohn. Okay. And the biggest takeaway from it is that it's not what the teacher teaches. It's Mm. what the student learns. And we think that as parents, we use this tactic and it's teaching our child not to do a behavior. Sure. But the truth is they interpret those tactics differently than we expect them to. Mm -hmm. And in a way, unfortunately, if we're using punishments and rewards, they actually interpret our love as being conditional. They don't interpret it as, oh, I shouldn't do this behavior again because it's the right way to be a human. And so Unconditional Parenting by Alfie Cohn was just an amazing book and love it it so much. Yes. The other one is The Power of Showing Up by Dr. Daniel Siegel and Tina Payne Bryson. And the biggest takeaway from that is, is that it's not the food, the shelter, the clothes. That's not enough for parenting mentally healthy children, but it has to do with how safe they feel relationally, emotionally, verbally, mentally. And so that was really profound for me realizing how they, children need to understand that connection is sure. safe mm-hmm. and not scary just because we're bigger and older. So I'd highly recommend both of those books. Yeah. And it's so funny. I think I can have, I probably have a whole like segment on like all the books that people have recommended. Cause like, I want to dive deeper into that, but the time is of the essence here. So we'll dive in. Cause I am, I had the pleasure to connect with you 
I, I believe you reached out to me and we did a workshop for my moms. And then, I mean, and I've been doing the podcasting for a long time. So I've, I've talked to other parenting coaches, but I loved your take on it because it was so personal in relation to your story. Mm-hmm. Of saying like, listen, I've been in it. I've been overwhelmed. I actually have your website up here. And you talk about the connection or the conscious parenting paradigm that you teach and guide you. So I want to, my first question to you is, I know why to a certain extent, but can you explain to my listeners what really inspired you to become a peaceful parenting coach and to start this and intertwine that with some of the misconceptions, because I think when we hear peaceful parenting coach and there is so much information online, we think of, oh, you know, you're letting them run around wild and there's no rules and, and all of that. So first talk about your inspiration and then tie that with some of the misconceptions and why they're not true and why it works. Absolutely. And I know that's a loaded question, but yeah. <laughs> By the time my girls were ages three five, and seven, I had more timeouts in place and more privileges revoked than I could keep track of. Sure. My head was spinning. My one daughter would say, but she has one more minute in timeout. And the other daughter would say, and she got TV taken for today. And I honestly couldn't remember anymore. The days were running together. And this had been going on Mm -hmm. for years at this point. And it's not like I wasn't trying. I read all the parenting books, did all the courses in a positive parenting app asked everybody what is going on you know and they're like yeah parenting's just crazy yeah and I actually did start to give up and I was like Jessica just accept it to in order to parent well and raise um, children that are kind and loving and respectful Mm -hmm. you have to feel bad as a parent you have to go to bed with this mom guilt Mm -hmm. (laughs) and but then things got worse in my family Uh, my one daughter appeared to be heading towards depression Mm -hmm. And I took her to a therapist. The therapist suggested I played music when she was tantruming. And I love music, but I knew that that was not the answer. So I did one last search. And I'm telling you, by this point, it had been over six years that I had been reading the books and and doing all the things. And I discovered parent coaching existed. And I had never heard of that before. Right away, I felt validated Mm -hmm. that there were other people like me and that there was somebody who could help me. Sure. But it wasn't just the title of parenting coach because I needed to know more. Like, what was this based on? Because, Mm -hmm. like I said, I'd been doing the reading. I consulted a therapist. And I felt like there was misinformation I was receiving. The timeouts and privileges were not working. Mm -hmm. And that's what everybody says to do. Yeah. So... I read the curriculum that I would have to go through to be parent coached, and it listed things like attachment science, mm-hmm. nervous system science, mm-hmm. brain science, emotional intelligence, conscious communication, and more. Mm-hmm. And I thought, what in the world does all this have to do with parenting? Sure. I've been studying it for over six years and never came across any of it. I signed up right away to be coached, and I signed up right away to then repurpose my pain and struggle my family and I had been through and save other families this time that I would say had been stolen from me and my family. But I know that these things often happen to us so that we can support others. No, that's awesome. And how talk about the misconceptions that people have of peaceful parenting and explain why it works and how it helped your relationship with your children and even how you parent today. Yes, absolutely. The biggest takeaway I had from working with my parenting coach was, oh my gosh, humans are widely misunderstood. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand myself. I was misunderstood when I was a kid. And I certainly didn't understand the way that my kids worked. 
And so some examples of that are emotional intelligence is a huge game changer, but it's much easier said than done. Sure. It requires multiple steps, lots of education and lots of practice. At the same time, it's possible for anyone, yeah. no matter the state of the relationship and absolutely worth it. And then it does become more fluent and easy. Yeah. So one example of this is if we look at the world's conceptions, emotions, mm -hmm. We can think of many phrases that parents have used for generations upon generations, yeah. like boys don't cry. <laughs> you want to be angry about that? Go to your room. Or I'll give you something to cry about. Exactly. <clears throat> and so our society has a long history of dismissing emotions, guilting them, mm -hmm. shaming them. But the truth is our emotions are there to signal to us that we have a need or a want that is not being met. And yes, our children's needs and wants can sometimes be dramatic for sure. little things like they want that cookie, so they're tantruming, but there is a way to help them through it in a way that educates them as that emotions are safe. Mm -hmm. We just got to sort through them in sure. a healthy way and builds connection, doesn't break it. Because when we get big and scary with our kids or we take away things, again, it's not teaching them what we think it is. When we get big and scary and yell and yeah. threaten, they actually believe that connection is not safe. And they believe that their needs and wants are not okay. They're not allowed to have them. And it's really creates mental health issues in our children because they lose that internal compass of, I need to do what's right because of what feels good inside, not because I'm being threatened. And actually, I love these epiphany moments that I have when I talk to the different people on my podcast. But what it sounds like also is like basically like, yeah, I can see how they can lose that attachment to thinking that especially if they're three, four, five, six, even seven years old, they don't have the proper development to really understand how to handle those big emotions. So they're almost afraid of it, in, it themselves is, you know, like so if they're angry they don't know how to handle this big emotion. So because they feel so safe to be themselves, what we perceive as the tantrum is really them trying to express whatever they can't express at that moment in the proper way. Yes, absolutely. And so we can help them decipher through that, name their emotion, mm -hmm. feel their emotion, and then get really clear. Oh, this is just a problem I have to solve. And kicking and hitting doesn't really feel good sure. internally, right? These kids don't feel good after they do no. that. And it doesn't get them what they need anyway. Sure. And so we help them problem solve. And that's why we call it empowerment parenting. It, you know, an example of my daughter, she used to kick and hit. And the first time I practiced emotional intelligence with her, instead of telling her, go to your room until you're done kicking and hitting, that's not allowed. I said, I got you. You don't have to go through this big emotion alone. And I carried her into her room and I sat her down and she's yelling at me to get out. And I said, I will go, but also if you let me stay, I would love to be here with you so you don't have to go through it alone. Mm -hmm. She looked at me like I was crazy because she had already six years sure, of sure, behind sure. her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> of me handling this differently. And she looked, nodded that I could stay. And she regulated her breathing to match mine. And when she was done, I helped her name it. And I said, what's going on? She goes, my sister keeps taking my animals. And she's been doing it all week, and I'm tired of it, her stuffed animals. And so I validate it for her. Like you were just saying, if we can help them make sure. sense of it, because it feels like a tidal wave hitting their Absolutely. body. And so we don't dismiss it. We help them make sense of it. And I said, if you kept coming in my room and taking my same things all week after I asked you again and again, it would be really hard for me to not yell at you. So I understand why you're sure. upset. Can I help you come up with some other solutions? And she said, yes. 
And then fast forward to my daughter, eight, two years later, and a, a lot of things happen in between sure. now and then, but just this one situation yeah. stands out. She's angry after school because emotions will never go away. Of course. And I go up to her and I said, and she's using hurtful words to me. And I said, I can see that you need a, a moment. I'm going to give you a moment and I'll check sure. back in. And a couple minutes later, she comes up to me. She leans into my side. I put my arm around her. She goes, I'm sorry, mama. I was just overstimulated. Second grader, eight years old. I didn't know the word overstimulated until like five years ago. That's the power of emotional intelligence. And it didn't take us two years to get to that point, but it just was one. No, I love that. I think, I think it's something to be said because we're this generation of, to your point, when I was reading your bio of like having that man, man, that parenting book, that handbook, the manual of like how to do it. You know, they say our parents didn't have one and technically we don't. However, there are much more resources available now that can help us do better because we know a little bit better about the social and emotional intelligence and how to explain that to our children so that when they grow up, they're not needing to self-medicate or turn to other things because throughout their whole childhood, they've been told to do X, Y, Z and not truly just like understand what their emotion is and move on with it. Because I mean, anger, we feel it as just because... We, we feel it. It's We have the frustration, the anger, and all the things as adults. And I, I think we're taught that children shouldn't have the same thing because we get uncomfortable when we, they have the big hand trumps, which I know I'm sure, which we're going to talk about of kind of like how you work with parents, but that's part of the problem too, is that then they're triggering in us when a lot of times we need to calm ourselves down, we're in the middle of that. I know that's easier said than done, which I know is part of the coaching that you do with that, but it is, it, it's all regulated because we're adults who never had that same I don't want to say instruction, but that same support that we're now learning to give to our children. So my next question to you, give one to two examples of how a parent, and I know you explained a real life circumstance with your own daughter, but maybe some real life examples. If a mom, a single mom, let's let's talk about that single mom who doesn't have, she's like at her wit's end, but how can she implement some of the coaching strategies you help moms with when a child is having a difficult time handling their big emotions? So you have this tired mom, she's coming home, a crazy day, and now her daughter is having a fit as well. So you have these both large emotions. What would you say to that mom a couple of tips to give? Yes. So self-care is yeah. everything. Yeah. And I know a uh, stay-at-home or a single mom is going to roll her eyes and be like, didn't you hear? I'm a single mom. Yeah. I don't got time for self-care. <laughs> yes. So this can look like many different forms, but it is critical. You know, so often we sign our kids up for three activities a week and we don't have one set up for us. Yes. And the single mom will say, well, I don't have anybody to watch my kid while I go to my activity. So we do have to get creative. And I would say one of the biggest things that I've done over the last five years is set up a bigger support system. I Mm. had that support when I lived in Maryland with my family where they could just come over, watch the kids for me. But when I moved to Florida and it was a new area, I didn't have that. And so I needed to make friends who then I could switch with. Like, hey, can you take the kids one day after school and then I'll take yours. And hey, I want to go out one night a month. Can we make work out some kind of deal here? So if, again, if there's a financial issue with getting a babysitter, we need to get really creative. And I even tell parents, it's like the calendar shakedown. Put your job on there, put school, and then what goes on very next is your self-care. And this is a non-negotiable. And start small so that you're comfortable with it and can achieve the goal. And eventually, hopefully, you can do some things for yourself 
weekly, daily, every other day. Sure. You know, I don't like to say that up front because I don't want to put pressure on people. Well, yeah, because you're like, wait, now you want me to do daily? It's like, start with one thing. <laughs> Let's yes. get one thing on the calendar. Yes. Yeah. And, and and if it has to get switched from that date, it goes on to another date. And it is protected like it is gold. Mm-hmm. And what goes on after that is your one-on-one time with your child where one you can that. build these relationships so that you can get cooperation with them because cooperation comes from connection and not commands. Love that. Yeah. So then when the child is dysregulated, if we have this strong connection, it just makes everything easier. And I think the biggest part of what you said in starting with the self-care and to the moms watching, listening, it it could be whatever you need for self-care. Like, don't think I would imagine it has to be this grand where you need to take, you know, of what seeing what the Instagram moms do of like, they make it this like big elaborate thing. It's like whatever needs to fill your cup. Maybe it's a bath. Maybe it's peace of quiet. Maybe it's having a, I love dining solo. That's like, that's like one of my <laughs> things. I actually posted it the other day. Loved it. I had lunch and I was just, I love it. Um, maybe it's dining solo, something you need. But I think oh, I love how you said to search and to find and basically build that village, find your village for you and to ask for help. I think more times than not, Single mom or not, because I have single mom friends, moms that are married too, we're all kind of craving that. And for the most part, I think we know that there are people in our corner that we could, maybe it's a coworker, someone that you trust that can say, listen, can you do this for me while I do this? Mm-hmm. So I love how you said to kind of put it in their court, because at some point we have to take the responsibility for ourselves to try and do what we have to do for us so that we can, as you said, if our child's dysregulated or having a moment that we are able to better handle it. And because we're not overwhelmed or having a day because we haven't had a moment to ourselves, which I think a lot of times when I found myself more frustrated with my son, because I feel like I know better because I've talked to a lot of different experts. Mm-hmm. So I know all the the terms and all the things, but when I know I can't handle it and I look back, I'm like, oh yeah, because I haven't gone for my walk. I haven't done this. I'm, I'm frustrated about something. I just checked my phone while I was with him and I got an email I didn't like. So all of these things. So then I make the mental notes. Okay, well, Nicole, put your phone away from him so something doesn't trigger you while you're with him. So all of those things, which I say, one of the hardest things about being a mother is the consciousness that we have to have and the presentness of being present with our little ones when the outside world is like the noise. Absolutely. Right. So much conditioning and um, societal pressure, pressure in so many different areas that we have to break through. I think one of the most important things that we do in my coaching program is studying attachment science. Hmm. And I want to just really differentiate sure. yes. for your listeners that the reason all those books I read, even though some of them were conscious parenting books and they made sense to me, they weren't making changes in my home because reading and listening hmm. does not lead to transformation and integration. Oh, that's so not true. Not yes. when we have decades, 40 Four decades of conditioning that we have to break through. And so with attachment science, we are able to go back and really look at what were my parents' parenting styles, other (laughs) caregivers in my life. What did I need as a child that I didn't get? And this Mm -hmm. is never to blame anybody. But in order to move forward and break free of the patterns that are keeping us stuck, we have to look back first to understand why we are the way we are. Once we do that work and the, the way we do that through a program and through coaching, it, and, and specifically mine, sure. I don't know about all the other ones, is we're watching videos, we're reading mm-hmm. for education, we meet live and we talk through it. But there's also a workbook. 
and writing out these mm. answers that have been buried. And we didn't even really think about this conditioning until 30 years later. Sure. Getting it out of the physical body and the mind and onto paper creates so much freedom. So then these tactics become easier to access. I can give somebody the tactics, but unless sure. they go back and understand that programming, it's going to be like climbing a mountain before that, you get there. It's so true. And it's, listen, again, it's what I stated in your, in your bio of like, you know, we have the hardest job in the world and there really is no, nor do we even spend the time to invest. Like, you know, I think a lot of times because we lived, we, you and I are from a different time, different generation of being raised. And some of this was from back then. I remember talking, talking to a woman who does aware parenting. All I think it's all correlated, aware, peaceful, mindful, conscious, you know, she's based in Australia. Her children like are in their twenties. So this is stuff that has been there. It just wasn't, to your point, the most commercialized, the most that was like at the forefront of it was kind of like push like foo-foo of it, you know. But to your point, there really is no handbook. And yes, we could read the books, but I love how you said that we have to really do the work and invest in ourselves, hiring coaching, seeing a therapist, figuring out to your point, what is the unresolved trauma? Because we know our children can help bring that to the surface of the the issues that we have. And then to your point, like with your coaching program and saying, okay, instead of just reading the books and they can go to the, you know, see a video that you give them, really making sure that it's being accountable with it and taking the strategies and really implementing them so that they stick instead of just reading something and say, okay, you might remember it. It's like me with these conversations. I, I'll have a conversation and it's not until I listen back doing my quality control with my editor, because I do, I listen back to all the episodes I'll take another nugget of piece of information because after every conversation, I'll go to my husband or whoever. I'm like, oh, this was great. But then it kind of goes away, right? And I'm like, oh, okay. And then I'll listen to the conversation in the editing portion. And I'm like, oh, that was so good. And then I write down the nuggets and then they stick more with me. So that's that's great that you implement that, which will go to my next question. How can people work with you? I know you have a coaching program, I think one-on-one. So talk about how moms can work with you and where they can find you. Sure. The program I went through is 12 weeks, and it's the program that I offer. It's called the Transformational Parenting Program, and it introduces a different educational topic each week. And as I mentioned, most parents will be like I was. What does this have to do with parenting? <laughs> so I requ- uh, get educated on this new topic. We talk about it. You learn it in multiple different facets, writing, reading, watching. And I can do that with an individual. Mm-hmm. I can do that with couples. And then I also have group coaching okay. that is nine weeks with the same information. And those are the primary ways right now. So individual couples or group coaching. Gotcha. So even if they're working with you individually, it's still a program. So it's not like a coaching where it's like, oh, they can call you and we're going to work together. It's a full program and the full thing for them to really work with you to get the full scope of it. It is because like I said, I will do one-offs and I will coach somebody, but overall I do a discovery call. Like let's figure out what's going on in your home. Then I'll give you my best recommendation. If you are a mom like I was, where every it's just every single day I have things that I sure. need answers on, the one-on-one or couples coaching is going to be great because then we talk about not only the educational topic, but what went on in your home that week, and I help to integrate that information. Mm-hmm. You'd be surprised at how hard that is to do sure. on our own because, again, we're too close to the situation. Of course. Um, and it's really hard for us to break the mindset of, wait, wait, that's not coddling them or that's not, you know, all the things, the 
um, generational things that just keep popping up. So that's why working with you in a coaching program is better than just having one-offs with everyone. It's like, no, they have to go through the full program. Yeah. So I will do a one-off, but I will also let, it's like the tactics aren't going to work unless we go backwards. So in that case, if somebody really is looking for just less time, I will say, all right, we need to spend time on it. And I kind of do a checklist of what they know when I go through it. And so if I can offer six sessions, because I think these are the six topics they need to know, I can do it like that as well. Actually, and you make a, I want to ask this question because you make a good point. So let's say you have a mom going through the program, but she has her parents. The in-laws, friends, like, oh, no, you're coddling him. That's not how I was raised. Or you can be like someone who literally told me, you think you know it all because you're listening to these experts. You know, I raised X, Y, Z amount of kids. Everyone turned out fine. What would you say to a mom? And and there is pressure with that, right? I think as women, sometimes we tend to want to people please. So then you're sitting there like the pressure, the anxiety. Again, I know I have felt that with my own family of being like, I don't want to have the conversation of this. What would you, what are some tips that you would recommend if someone is going through this program and they're like, yeah, I want to, I want to make change, but maybe even from their partner and they don't necessarily have their village on board. What, what is some advice that you would give? Yes. When I have a client specifically who is really dealing with this each week right now, where she just feels like her family's just watching, what is she going to do? How is she going to respond? And that's that's such a horrible feeling. And so sad that people are somehow getting some type of, I don't want to use the word enjoyment, but like, Like I told you so almost. I told you so. Thank you. Yeah. So I would really encourage people, and this is a great idea for conscious parenting anyway, is to take your child to the side when they're happy. Mm. Get off of that stage. Remove that pressure, right? Because it's already hard enough to make changes as anybody learning anything new. Sure. And so, and when you're doing it on stage and you're not going to get it right perfectly and your child is still adjusting. So Mm -hmm. what I say to my child, even at our home of five, sure. where we're all super close, yeah. is, can I talk to you in the other room really quickly? Mm. Can you step into the other room with me? And so I even do that because nobody likes to be no. corrected. Yes. Child, adults. In front of someone else. No, even no. in your around your sisters. And yes. so I try to practice that in my own home. But certainly when I was starting yeah. out with this, taking my child aside and be like, let's go over here and work on it. And basically like saying to everybody else, it's none of your business. Mm. And then the more you practice it and see the changes, the more and more confident you're going to become in it. And you're going to be able to explain it so well and tell them just kind of how I started at the beginning of this. As a parent, I've taken on the responsibility of being current with research and human development, brain science, child psychology. And so now I follow everybody who is renowned and leading in this field. And the information I'm applying is science-based And while it looks to you like I'm not doing anything, I'm actually tying everything I'm doing to the values Mm -hmm. me and my family have set up together and the boundaries we have set. I don't have to make my child feel bad in order to make them do good. Or to make you feel comfortable because you're uncomfortable with their emotion. Oh, yes. Way to bring that home. Absolutely. Like, who is this really about, right? So we all need to do these ego checks. And... I will tell you, I was the last person I thought support was for because I am fine. I am <laughs> yeah. healthy, successful. Sure, sure, we had our family drama and trauma, but me and my siblings are fine. And my mom's a rock star. She's amazing. 
And when I learn about human development and what MRIs, brain imaging is showing us, it's not just somebody's idea and guess, it's studies. I know now what I need it and, you know, what I didn't get. And I can see what my children need it and that they didn't get. And you can't deny the research. No, you can't. And we know better. I talked with Dr. B.G. Mancini. She's a gut, more than just a gut health provider, like functional medicine and all that stuff fascinating. She's based in plantation. And we were just talking about trauma because she was saying like the nervous system, how it's all related. And I was like, you know, almost jokingly, but I was like, all right, how do we recover from trauma? Like who knows that I, how do I know if I have trauma? And she's like, do you have a pulse? She was like, every single person walking this earth has trauma. She's like, and trauma, because we were talking of how trauma can pass to our children. She was like, now there's different variations. You know what my trauma and your trauma can be two totally different things. She's like, but we all have it on some level. She's like, and our children may, again, it might not be something you created, but they might. She was like, which is why, and to your point, she's like research and things we have to know about because it's all correlated. And she was coming from more of the relationship of food and really what we're eating and how that also affects behavior and our health. I mean, we can talk for how it's all correlated and different things. But uh, I just thought that that was so fascinating because I'm like, it's so true. We all do. And she's like, and that doesn't mean that your childhood was better or less or anything, but we all have something that we're holding because we've never been taught how to really release and all of that. So I love, yes, I love that. And actually that's a good place to end. I, I'll put this in the show notes, but let my listeners know how they can follow you, where they can find you. And then I always leave with the final thoughts to the mamas listening to share before we part ways. Sure. Thank you. So anyone who is interested in getting started right away, who is like, enough is enough. I'm not staying stuck in these patterns anymore. It's been days, weeks, months, years. Schedule a discovery call through my website. It's findmyzenfam.com. Mm-hmm. If you are just looking to get on my mailing list to know when next group coaching starts or to just get more information, sure. findmyzenfam.com forward slash seven habits. That'll give you a video and some information that you can get started on your transformation right away, but also be on the mailing list to receive more information. Sure. And I'm on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. And that's on ZenFam, right? As ZenFam? Yes. ZenFam, parenting, and yoga. Yeah, perfect. And final thoughts to the podcast, mamas, the podcast community, and the mamas out there. Yeah. You know, I just want to say that we all deserve to thrive. It's mm-hmm. our birthright. And parenting is still hard, even as a conscious parenting coach and knowing what I know. But it is worth it. The, there's freedom in it. We yes. get to release the mom guilt. We get to build a foundation that is strong and that makes sense. And it's sure. not on programming that we're not aware of or that's generations upon generations sure. old. And so this type of parenting supports parents through every stage and phase of the parenting process. You have concrete things to go back on, to work through, and it just feels so good. You feel so strong. Most of my parents, you know, we set goals when working together. They want their kids to be confident. And to do that, you have to model confidence. And you have to be clear. And it has to come from educated, current information. And a lot of these generational sayings, like a lot of the ones we talked about emotions, there's a plethora of others, like when our kids don't listen to our directions, Mm -hmm. that we're not aware of the words we're using with them, the quantity of them, and the quality of them. But if you stop and look at it, you'll see we are really nagging our kids all day long a lot of the times. And when that lasts for years, days, weeks, decades, our children actually start to take on beliefs that... I am bad. Something's wrong with me. I'm not a good kid because they don't understand. It's actually just their brain development. 
So I just want to encourage parents, drop the I'm fine, drop the nobody gets to tell me, and believe this is the hardest job like no other, also the highest risk job. And it is our job, even though we might not have been conscious of what we were signing up for, to do it to the best of our ability. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much, Jessica, for coming on, for sharing such great insight and tips and strategies that I know I would implement and that a fellow mama would implement. So thank you and continued blessings to you for love and light. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nicole. Appreciate yes. it. Thank you for listening to this impactful episode of the Motherhood Village podcast. Subscribe to my show so you'll never miss a future episode. You may also rate and review on Apple Podcasts and share this episode with someone that can use it as part of their Motherhood Village. Remember, your village can take up many forms and you do not have to do it alone. Connect with me at themotherhoodvillage.com. Blessings to you for love and light.